Nyata, hello. My name is Alison and I pastor a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary, at least I did until the 26th of November. Sanctuary was based on Pequoran country in Warrnambool and this is my last reflection for Sanctuary. And it was given at our final service on 26th of November and it is, rather shockingly, off lectionary. So once upon a time, nearly eight years ago, some of us did something very foolish. A bunch of people who had mostly drifted away from church or were burned by church or had been rejected by church bumped into a quirky minister on holiday and began to wonder if they might try again. But I'm not sure if I have faith anymore, said one. It's like a dry, shriveled stick. I don't believe in pastors, said another, nor in paying for the work. I hate church, said a third. Don't ever use the words church or community or congregation with me. What gives you the right to preach, demanded a fourth. Who do you think you are? Whatever, I said, and so did others observing. You all seem very hungry, and this sounds like a call. So I moved to Warrnambool and sanctuary began. Foolishness indeed. It was a very inauspicious beginning. The plan was to feed hungry people with scripture and silence and singing and soup. And of course to provide sanctuary. Because many of us needed a sanctuary in our lives. A place to rest and recover and no healing. Somewhere both gentle and fierce. Where the vulnerable could flourish, knowing they were protected and cherished. A place in which the gospel could be embodied and proclaimed. A place where people could worship and where church refugees would find asylum. A place where questioners and questers could truly belong. So too children and queer and neurodivergent folk. A humble, hospitable, holy place where the spirit of the living God just might seek to dwell. Seven and a half years later and what a ride it's been. Together we've asked questions and shared stories and wrestled with God and one another at times. We've prayed in countless ways about everything under the sun. We've marked life's passages with school and house and baby blessings, with a baptism in the river, and by adding the names of many loved ones who have died to the cloud of witnesses on the wall. We weathered two years of lockdowns with rich and intimate Zoom services and with a rattle bag of prayers and practices to be done at home. We held car boot communion in local paddocks and cul-de-sacs and then when outdoor gatherings were illegal but food delivery was still allowed, I dropped off Ribena and crackers and candles and liturgies and called it mailbox communion. During Holy Week, We washed one another's feet and then we greeted the dawn around campfires and in the botanic gardens and even on Zoom. And we've played with scripture and affirmed that in this place, instead of thistles, managums grow, and instead of blackberries, she-oaks. And that this indeed is a witness to God, a living and lasting testimony, to paraphrase Isaiah 55. We've turned our Bible reading inside out, with insights from First Nations and queer and poor and non-white perspectives, and some of us read the Bible in a year. I developed a preaching style which gave you plenty to chew on, and yet made space for more questions and insights from you, 
And this generated some immensely powerful conversations. And again and again while we were together, we sensed the spirit filling the room. And as a person of no faith said, there's a people in the room and then there's more. I I don't get it, but it's the more that I'm here for. There's always more. Well, stories like this became testimonies, and every year people of all ages wrote about faith in their everyday lives. And we gathered up these stories into collections to be read and shared during Lent. Meanwhile, the group continued to change and grow. Where once we were fairly homogenous, we became much more beautifully and healthily diverse. And we now savour the joy and the richness of this. Thinking back over the time, I wonder how on earth did we pull this off for so long? It was a foolish, even impossible task to gather up people who felt deeply ambiguous about churches and pastors, who found it difficult to trust them, and who in some cases really didn't want them. As I reflect, I am drawn to a story near the end of the Gospel according to John. We are told that the disciples had in fear barricaded themselves into a room. When the risen Jesus came and stood among them, peace be with you, he said. And then he showed them his wounds. And then he blessed them and breathed spirit into them and commissioned them to continue his work. Sanctuaries made up of people who had mostly drifted away from church or who had been sidelined or burned or rejected by church and yet who were able to say yes to the foolishness of trying again. And I suspect you are willing to give it a whirl, not because of my gifts, but because of my wounds. As most of you know, I have a long history of struggle with churches and church leaders. I'm never an easy fit. I'm never satisfied with dominant readings. I'm never able to reconcile theology or activity which preferences the rich and powerful with the person I see in Jesus. And because I cannot keep my mouth shut, I too have been sidelined and even rejected at times by church leaders. I know the pain of this, and my faith and ministry have been forged in that struggle. And so I have tried to minister out of my wounds. And this means bringing an awareness of hurt, yet also bringing the things that I have found to be healing. And so I have offered clear boundaries and a deep commitment to your safety and your freedom, along with a passion for praying together and wrestling with scripture, attending to creation, listening to frequently overlooked voices telling our own stories, singing in harmony, connecting in vulnerability, and being broken open again and again and again by love. All of this has been crucial to my ongoing healing, and so it has shaped my approach to sanctuary and to every one of you. And many of you tell me that you have found this ministry to be a blessing. But as we all know, ministry is never limited to the pastor. Week after week, our service ends with some version of the words, we go in peace to love and serve our God. In the name of Christ. Amen. 
and week after week in your own woundedness. You have gone from here to love and serve through praying and feeding and healing and listening and teaching and gardening and lobbying and marching and caring and singing and all the other things that you do. So today we will say those words in this place together for the last time. And then I will leave and the church will disperse. But wherever you end up, never forget that you too are commissioned to move towards people who have barricaded themselves behind walls of fear and shame and self-loathing, condemnation and loneliness. You too are called to speak words of peace, to reveal your wounds, to bless people, to breathe new spirit into them and to bring a sense of sanctuary into their lives and into this precious world. My beautiful and beloved friends, this particular expression of church is closing. But the service of worship never ends. It must be lived. So in the name of the risen Christ, I urge you, go to it. Amen. So this is the last Sanctuary podcast. And whether I continue to record reflections here, only time will tell. It depends on what my next position and call are. And there's always more to read on our website. There's a repository there of about 750 prayers, reflections, sermons and testimonies, both from me and from the people of Sanctuary. And this reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pequorong people of the Eastern Ma Nation. It's a land which is taken by force and has never been ceded. I pay my respects to Elders past and present. The peace of the land, waterways and skyways be with us all. Amen. <laughs>